Welcome to Hall of Stubs, the podcast that covers MLB greats not in the Hall of Fame. Here's your host, Zachary Nikolai. Welcome to Hall of Snubs. We're looking to change things up a little bit, trying to predict a future Hall of Famer. Joining the show today is an amazing broadcaster. She's been a reporter, writer, broadcaster for years here in L.A. Welcome to the show, Jill Painter-Lopez. Jill, thanks for taking some time to join us today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for asking me. I always love talking talking baseball and, and uh, any sport, really, so appreciate you having me on. And you're really good at it. And it's funny because I'm looking you. at your career and... How long exactly have you been covering LA sports? Uh, LA sports. I moved here in 2000. So it's been uh, two decades of, of uh, LA sports. And I just love the fact that we have so many teams. I mean, from LA to Orange County, um, just the number of professional teams we have. I mean, you're talking two NBA, two baseball, two hockey, uh, two football. I mean, it just, you know, soccer, women's basketball, just, we have, we have everything. So um, just, uh, I think it's a great sports city. So. And you mentioned it, you don't just cover baseball, you do everything from the three mainstream sports to everything in between. I mean, you've been writing it, announcing it, all that other fun stuff. Yeah, I used to, somebody gave me the nickname Jill of all trades. So I think it's great to be versatile. Um, And I really feel lucky to have had the opportunity. I certainly started my career in LA uh, at the LA Daily News uh, as a reporter uh, for the newspaper. And then uh, of course I became a sports columnist and um, you know, even covering golf, uh, you know, watching Tiger Woods play at, at, at the famed Riviera Country Club out here to Angels to Dodgers, all the, you know, World Series we've, we've um, had a chance to cover recently and Mike Trout in Anaheim and LeBron James, Kobe, Pau Gasol. I mean, it just does so many fun different sports. So why limit yourself to <laughs> covering one specific sport? And so that's uh, certainly been um, fun to be able to do that. And, and of course, uh, uh, the NHL uh, with the Kings winning a couple of championships in 2012 and 14 and, and uh, um, covering the Ducks uh, as well on the broadcast team and getting to travel to all those cold Canadian cities, um, you know, with the team. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Remarkable championships, by the way. And you, you mentioned all these high class athletes and in 20 years, you learn something. You learn about life, you learn about sports, all this other stuff. I always tell people, LA and New York are so different from the rest of the country. In your experience, how different is New York and LA sports market and media compared to the rest of the country? Well, I mean, I think the spotlight just shines shines so much more brightly here. And I believe it really um, you know, keeps some athletes from coming to play uh, here in Los Angeles, based on the scrutiny, I think it, it, in New York it's an even higher level of, of scrutiny. Um, certainly, uh, when you have the New York Post and and uh, you know so many beat writers, um, you know per team. So if you have, you know, it used to be there used to be twenty Dodger reporters covering, um, you know, beat newspaper reporters. I mean, they're going to find stuff out. Everybody's going to have something, and you got to come up with new and different stuff every day. So uh, you know, when you have twenty hardworking journalists on, on one beat, you know, you're going to know every single detail about, you know, somebody's life and what they're doing on the field and what they're struggling with on the field and what they're struggling with off the field, what, what their wins are off the field and their family life and, and, and all that. So um, it just, there's just so many more, um, you know, media members here, blogs, uh, you know, television, um, you know, papers and the same thing uh, in New York as well. And so, um, you know, it's a pretty tough market uh, in Boston too. If you're the Red Sox or you're the Celtics, uh, um, you know, or even the Bruins, if you're not, if you're not doing well, 
um, and Chicago, great sports city as well. Um, but really, when you look across the country, uh, I just think the scrutiny level uh, here in Los Angeles, which can break some some athletes, uh, it's it's at an it's at an all time high uh, here in LA and New York. And so I agree with you; it's completely different ball game in those two cities. And it is of no coincidence that they're the top two television markets uh, in the country as well. Well, they have great sports, so I mean that also helps. But you look right. at New York and LA, and it's sad because you mentioned it. The more you look at someone the less attractive they're going to be, the less of the perfect human being you think they are. Sure. And when you look at the Hall of Fame, as you know, as because you are a voter for the Hall of Fame, uh, it's voted on by the BBWAA. And they have six criteria. Three of them, I think, are very, they're all important. But there's three that are just outright play, uh, playing ability, record, contribution to team. You should know that. That's perfect. Then there's the three that get a little questionable, and that's sportsmanship, character, and integrity. Mm -hmm. As a voter, how important are those last three when you're thinking of this player deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? I, I think they're extremely important, but it's a, certainly a gray area. I'm very subjective because I know there's voters who don't really take that into account, and when they think of the Hall of Fame, um, you know, and it, to, to everybody their own opinion, of course, right? And they think that the numbers. Uh, certainly mean more than the other stuff. Uh, for me personally, uh, I don't vote anybody in that I know has, um, you know, proven he's either has admitted uh, or we've seen that they've uh, used uh, steroids, for example, uh, in their career. Because to me, steroids is gaining an unfair advantage and that is not, um, you know, go under good character, good sportsmanship, et cetera. So yes, I know a ton of, of uh, athletes, uh, particularly in baseball, have done it, have used it. And I agree with people when they say, but how do you know if there's somebody that has used steroids that you voted in or that's out there that we don't know about? And I agree, that's, that's difficult. I can only go on the information, um, you know, certainly that we do have. Um, and yes, are there guys, uh, you know, who played a long time ago who are probably in the Hall of Fame who were doing, you know, certain things? I'm, I'm sure. But uh, like I said, I can only do for me right now and going forward. And, and certainly if you've done steroids, uh, that's a difficult uh, position. Um, I haven't dealt much with in terms of, you know, domestic violence or things of that nature that I know of, but um, that would certainly factor in for me as well. If you had a guy who, um, you know, was known to, um, you know, have domestic violence issues or other things of that, of that nature. Um, but certainly the one I, I know I, I is a hard no is the steroids. All six are important. The last three we just discussed and it's funny because if I were to tell you the player we're going to talk about today should have been the home run king, I think there's a good argument. He has 696 home runs, over 3,000 hits, over 2,000 RBIs, 14-time All-Star, World Series champ, three-time MVP, 10-time Silver Slugger. You and I and any other baseball fan would say, yeah, he's in. But then I tell you his name. Yep. And then you go, oh, there's so much controversy. The player we're talking about today, Jill, is Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod. And as I mentioned, when I think of him, I think great, but then a split second later, I think controversy and steroids. And what do you think of when you think of the player, Alex Rodriguez? Well, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, you first think of the numbers and, and his playing career, um, the record setting contract, uh, you know, that he got uh, to leave Seattle and go to Texas. Um, I mean, that really kind of broke, broke the mold in terms of the kind of money that he got, which 
Now, of course, we see these contracts with Fernando Tatis Jr. And, um, you know, these, you know, that a young player can get, which blows his $250 million contract out of the water, um, but 3,115 hits. So you would think, boom, automatic. Like you said, the 696 uh, home runs, uh, career batting average 295. I mean, all the numbers are there, but you also have to have to, um, you know, take into account, at least I do the steroids. Um, you know, the suspension that he served admitting, um, that he used them and, um, it baffles me. I mean, when he was doing it, um, he was at the top of his game. So if you're here and you're the best hitter in baseball, which I think everybody can agree, um, you know, when he was in his prime, he was the best hitter in baseball. Uh, why does he figure that he has to do it? Most of the people you think are guys in the minor leagues or guys who are fringe, you know, who are a bat off the bench, et cetera. Uh, in the, at the major league level and, you know, they want to keep up with the Joneses, but I just thought it was so unprecedented when you look at Alex Rodriguez, when he was at the top of his game, feeling like he had to do it to stay there or to, you know, give himself that extra, that extra, whatever, you know, guys were edge that guys were looking for uh, that use steroids. So again, the numbers are amazing. I mean, he's one of 32 guys to have over 3000 hits in major league baseball history. I mean, that number alone is, is impressive. Um, but certainly, um, you know, the character sportsmanship, et cetera, is going to play into it. Um, you look at he and, and, uh, Jennifer Lopez were a part of one of the teams bidding for the New York Mets. And I think, how is he ever going to be able to be an owner of a team when he's a known steroid user? That's what precedent does that, um, set? Um, again, when we know that, so I thought that was, that would be difficult to own a franchise and to have, you know, admitted to steroid use. So we know how you feel about steroids. We're going to come back to that. I want to go to, cause to me, steroids, I think is integrity of yourself and integrity of the game. I want to focus a little more on his sportsmanship and his character. To me, sportsmanship is on the field characters off the field. You look at what he's done. And I'll go through it a little bit. And you say it's important to you. I want you to tell me once I'm done listing them, how would it affect your voting? So 2004, you know, he was playing for the Yankees. He was struggling in the playoffs. Slapped the ball out of a player's hand trying to tag him. That caused a little controversy. He's rounding second. You know, he calls mine for a pop fly. They say that's Bush League. He breaks the unwritten rule going from third back to first. Baseball, uh, the pitcher didn't really like that. And then you start to talk about the New York Post finding Stray Rod, where he was with another woman while he was married, the whole Madonna, Cameron Diaz, he's been with his fair share of women. And then the Derek Jeter issues, you know, Derek Jeter was the face of baseball, and you can't really attack him. So, and then to top it off, his teammates apparently used to call him A-Prod. Of all those together, would all those combined affect your decision of if he should be in the Hall of Fame or not based off sportsmanship and character? That's a really good question uh, and something I hadn't thought about because usually it's, um, you know, with A-Rod, I just think, okay, steroids, so he's out. So I hadn't thought about all those other things that have engulfed him. Um, you know, what I think was really interesting when he was playing with the Yankees is a lot of people like a hero and a villain, and he and Jeter obviously were a hero and villain. Um, and so I think more things probably came out about A-Rod's character that maybe – um, don't come out about other players. Um, but would all those things, um, certainly extramarital affairs, and I'm not condoning, um, but that has been known to happen with a lot of athletes and, and um, you know, we may not have known about. I know Derek Jeter's, I mean, he was single 
um, you know, when, when uh, some of those things um, were reported about uh, the women that he dated. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't think I could say that any of those things in my mind add up to leaving him out of the Hall of Fame. I really don't. And like I said, it's a good question. I hadn't thought of is certainly in his particular case that without the steroids, um, that kind of thing, I don't think would have kept me from voting for him for the Hall of Fame. The steroids will, um, you know, and all the other things. Um, he certainly uh, was not viewed as as being the best teammate, as that uh, um, A-fraud um, nickname, uh, obviously. Um, when you talk about was he a very genuine or genuine guy? Or he was very disingenuous, I should say. Um, so all that stuff is is certainly embodies his character overall. But I don't think would have kept me from voting from him for the Hall of Fame without the steroid issue. And then the other hypothetical is if he stayed in Seattle or if he was in like a small market in Milwaukee, would any of that have come up? So a lot of things going right. into it where you go, that shouldn't really keep him out. Now to the steroids. I know how you feel about it. For those of you listening who don't really know A-Rod's timetable, we're going to go through it. Started out as a shortstop out in uh, Seattle with the Mariners, played for a number of years, set that record-setting contract with the Rangers. Then he was traded to the Yankees. He had to switch from short to third because I guess that Derek Jeter guy was really good. <laughs> and that's where things started to unravel for him. There was something called the Mitchell Report, as you remember, in 2007, where it released a long list of guys who were users of PEDs and steroids. Now, the interesting thing is A-Rod's name was nowhere to be found on that. But what it did is it caused people to start questioning, I didn't know 90% of these guys used it. Why can't the really successful hell of a player over there be using it? And so it started to cause that distrust. Later on, about a couple months later, he was interviewed by CBS. They say, do you use? He goes, no, I don't need that edge. Look at me ironic looking back. Later on, Jose Canseco went and released a book. He said that he introduced A-Rod to a steroid dealer. Canseco later on said, I have no knowledge of A-Rod and drugs. So there's multiple times where people accuse him or people are thinking of it, and it's not true. But then 2009 happened where a report came out that A-Rod back in 2003, during his time with the Rangers, was using testosterone and another PED. They asked him about it, and he said, yes, I use PEDs. And this is where the PEDs was formally uh, announced. But not only that, now A-Rod looks like a liar because of what happened in the past. Right. Then, as you remember, there was Dr. Anthony Galilea, who he actually treated Tiger Woods too, as uh, you mentioned earlier, Tiger Woods. And he's a famous sports medicine doctor. And he was busted for giving athletes PEDs, was never confirmed or denied that A-Rod received treatment from him for uh, PEDs. He did receive treatment from him, could have been as a regular doctor, but again, assumptions are made because he was a liar in the past. Then you remember very clearly the biogenesis scandal. His name was in that thing 16 times, and it was confirmed that he bought steroids from 2009 to 2012. It was a little, uh, ugly when he was trying to fight it and it ultimately ended up with him being suspended the entire 2014 season. I know how you feel about steroids, Jill. I know you think if you use them, they're bad. Let me ask you, from what we know, 2003 is the only confirmed year that he used any type of performance enhancers. It's, we'll assume for argument's sake that from 2009 to 2012, he was using it because if you buy it, I mean, yeah. you're not just going to keep it 
like that doesn't make any sense. You're not going to buy it and have it linked to your teammates, right? And like buy it for exactly. your teammates, you get somebody else to do that dirty work. So we it's can assume not a party favor. Exactly. It's not, <laughs> right. Oh, you get one, you get one. <clears throat> Four years of his 22 year career, he used PEDs and that is proven. Does that four minimal years of a 22 year career still make you think, no, that taints your entire 22 years? Yes. Because how much of an edge did he get uh, in all of those hits and all of those home runs, um, you know, playing the game, uh, recovery from injuries, et cetera. Um, it's, and I know that's such a gray area because people are saying, hey, well, he had 18 years where he could have been steroid free or PED free, but it's just, that's a, that's a difficult game to walk back from in terms of trying to figure out, you know, how much is this responsible or, you know, you know how much did those steroids use over those four years uh, taint the rest of his career. But in reality, I mean, we just don't know how many years he was using it. We just, we, we don't know. We do know that he was using it. And so, I mean, I think whether it was a year or, you know, 10 years or four years or whatever it was, I mean, he was still using it to try and gain an advantage. Otherwise guys wouldn't use it. Um, so he's trying to protect his career, prolong his career and, um, he got tagged for it. So again, I can only go on the information that we have and he, he was using it. So it, it's a good question to ask, does those, do those four years taint, you know, the rest of over, you know, the two career, uh, two decade career that he had in my mind? Yes. At the end of episodes, Jill, I like to be the judge. Uh, I'm going to pretend to be a baseball writer. Uh, you already are. You get a vote. Okay. From everything we've talked about and probably how you will vote in the next coming years, would you give A-Rod the nod? And if not, do you mind pointing out whether it's player record, sportsmanship, whatnot? And then after that, I want you to be realistic and go, okay, I know the people who vote for this thing. Are they going to vote A-Rod into the Hall of Fame? So Jill, you get a vote. Right now, piece of paper is in front of you. Are you voting Alex Rodriguez into the Hall of Fame? Piece of paper is in front of me? No. No. He gets the Hall of Fame snub because, again, the steroid issue. The Whether you want to call that um, character, integrity, sportsmanship, I think you could probably put it under any of those uh, three categories. Um, he, will, he will not get in in my mind. And you look at a guy like Barry Bonds. He should be in without all the other stuff as well. Right. And he's not in. So I don't, I think there's probably enough voters um, who vote the same way that I do in terms of not voting in guys who did steroids. Um, so I don't think that he will be a different case um, no matter what his numbers are because of that issue. Um, and again, because of some of the other guys who have been kept out, who have done steroids, uh, same thing. I, I don't, I don't see a rod kind of overtaking and overcoming um, that issue. I agree with you for the most part, Jill, but unfortunately, I think the four years don't taint the whole 22 years for me. He was one of the funnest baseball players I think I've seen watch in person. Mm -hmm. I was lucky to actually see him in Anaheim and LA a couple of times, so I'd have to give him the nod. I agree with you, though. I do think that writers are going to be giving him a hard time for at least five to six years on the ballot. Hopefully, maybe down the line they do, but we'll see how it goes. A-Rod, side note, he's actually a hell of a broadcaster. I don't know if you've watched him. Do you think he has a better chance of being in the hall of fame for broadcasting than he does a ball player? Good question, Zach. I, I agree. I would have never thought, especially based on, uh, you know, I had been involved in some, um, 
uh, interviews uh, with him as well. You know, the scrum interviews and press conferences in the playoffs and when the Angels, um, you know, played uh, New York out in New York. I covered that series. And he was really, in a word, pretty horrible uh, media wise. I mean, he used all the cliches. He didn't say much. Um, and so I remember when he got hired by, I believe it was Fox first, um, to, to be, um, a broadcaster, I thought, Oh, I mean, in terms of, you know, getting, um, insight into hitting, I thought would be great, but, um, just having personality, I did not think that he was going to, going to, going to come off well, like David Ortiz, you know, is going to be a home run, right? I mean, his oh, yeah. personality, he's so much fun. Um, he has a lot of great insight, obviously. Um, but the fact that A-Rod is so good at it, um, I'm shocked. I, I enjoy watching him. And uh, so for sure, I would think uh, Hall of Fame. Um, I know he does the broadcast with ESPN uh, as well. And just a combination of the insight. I, I really am just shocked that his personality has kind of come out. And obviously, he's had a great uh, career with his A-Rod Corp uh, and what he's doing as a businessman as well. So I'm you know, certainly happy for him there. Um, so I think he's got enough stuff going on in his life where if he does end up getting snubbed for the Hall of Fame, I'm, I'm sure it's going to hurt, but he has plenty of other stuff going on. But I agree. I, well, I, I know I don't, you might not agree about this, but I will say I would I would put him in the Hall of Fame broadcasting before Hall of Fame for for baseball. So Jill Painter Lopez has given A-Rod the nod to Broadcasters Hall of Fame, not the MLB Hall of Fame. You got it. <laughs> We can agree to disagree. I'll take that. Oh, that's that's fine. I, I appreciate a spirited, uh, uh, a good debate uh, with points on both sides. And and I, you know, I I hear what what you're saying as well. Does a does four years tarnish uh, 22 years? And, and what he did was incredible. Um, just one of the best hitters in baseball to watch. Um, a lot of a lot of fun, really. Um, but again, uh, for me, the steroids uh, ruins it. Um, and I know for you know many voters, it won't ruin it. So it it. This is definitely going to be an interesting case to watch uh, over the years once he gets on the ballot um, to see, you know, how the number of votes goes over the years, because we see that with a lot of players, it's low. And then each year, you know, they gain more steam. So, but do they end up getting enough to get in? Right. You are Jill. Thank you so much for appearing on Hall of Snubs. That was Jill Painter Lopez. Please follow her. She does a hell of a job in LA. I, I hope to see you all over LA, maybe another championship uh, with the Angels or Dodgers coming up. You got it. Uh, well, I certainly think the Dodgers can win, win back to back. It's a, an embarrassment of riches in terms of that pitching staff uh, that they have. And having added Mookie Betts recently, uh, it almost seems uh, unfair. They're just, they're so good. Um, but having one in a pandemic and in a bubble in Texas, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'd love to, uh, to do it again uh, here and, and adding Trevor Bauer will be very interesting in terms of, you know, how he gets along with guys in the clubhouse. And, um, but he's, he's sure fun to watch and in interesting character. That's for sure. Oh yeah. We'll see you at a parade here pretty shortly, Jill. Thanks so much for having me on Zach. I appreciate it. And that has been Hall of Snubs. I'm your host, Zachary Nikolai. Thank you so much for listening until next time. Thanks for listening to Hall of Snubs. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Hall of Snubs. You can follow the host on Instagram at Zachary underscore Nikolai. Thank you to Mike Laponis for his oversight of this production. Hall of Snubs is a University of Laverne senior project.